0: Today, Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Joel Elston here. Today is Thursday, January 18, 2018. 8 a.m. Eastern Time, your first daily dose of happy for the day, and I'm um, glad to welcome Joel back. I mean, we only get to do it once a week, you and I, but that's that's kind of par for the course. We were doing it once a week for a couple of years there.
1: <laughs> yeah, and my my perspective hasn't changed a bit. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but but it's so glad to have the other uh, the other coaches and other uh, co hosts on board. It's such a great team. You you really give me great credit for putting together such an amazing group of people that are doing able to. Our ultimate goal for years have been able to deliver the content we're delivering now.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, I was just uh, kind of reminiscing with um, I think it was with Wendy the other day about how um, you know for quite a long time there you and I talked about wouldn't it be great if we could do a drive time show you know and and, and do like a daily drive time show and so forth and get on radio. Well, we're not on radio yet, but we've got two drive times during the day so we got part of the goal achieved already that that alone makes me smile because we talked about that for how long now i don't know how long it was
1: wait, wait, uh, yeah well i mean we first started out i i, I love the concept so much and i still think uh that that idea of being on a radio it, and, and i i get what we're on now but but even as we expand further into uh, you know somebody to literally be able to sit in their car and listen to the the positive stuff, the, the the law of attraction, how how to apply it in your day, and go right into work with that attitude. It's just such an amazing uh, uh potential of what it could do for people. Instead of listening to, uh, I don't want to be negative, but instead of listening to stuff that maybe isn't so positive during the yes. day, or <laughs> stuff you know, the, the 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 concepts of the amazing uh you know. What we bring to the table is life-altering versus just some mindless uh, uh, programming that someone else has come up with.
0: Yeah, mindless meaning negative. Let's be perfectly blunt about it. But uh, you're right. We don't want to go negative. So we'll stay away from that. But uh, today's topic actually relates to that because our topic is, are you really happy? And it's an interesting topic uh, or are, actually not, are you really happy? Are you emotionally happy? Are you emotionally uh, uh, stable or are you emotionally happy? And what's the difference? And uh, it's a a topic that came up from um, conversations I've seen on social media about the law of attraction. Uh, I saw one post today, in fact, that uh, basically stressed the importance of when you're trying to attract a new partner, make sure that the partner is emotionally stable. And as soon as I saw that, I said, no, that's not quite right. Because, I mean, you can be depressed all the time and be stable. That, that, that's not a good thing. <laughs> There's nothing good about that. But emotionally happy or emotionally healthy, that's a different animal entirely. So, um, I mean, I think maybe this is a case of people needing to kind of raise their sights a little bit. But, um, if you aim for somebody who's emotionally healthy or who is emotionally happy, I think you got a much better chance, don't you?
1: Oh, I, I, I really believe yes, absolutely to answer your question. I, I think that so many of us get stuck on, on, where everyone else is. And I think the, the, the topic itself of, of let's start with us. Yes. When I am emotionally healthy and happy, then my attraction will be to a similar. I think a lot of people get stuck. It's very hard. It's not impossible to attract emotionally healthy when you're a mental train wreck yourself. <laughs> that that's, that, that just, you know, if if we if we're honest, so so as with everything else, the the first law of of re, of human responsibility of human happiness, I believe, starts with self responsibility. Everything is self responsibility. I take care of me first, and I don't mean that in a selfish way. I need to get healthy for me, and then all I will be able to attract is a similar at that point, a similar person who is that healthy if i am way out there then that's what i'm going to tend to attract so so it does start with us are you emotionally healthy is that question and if you are and you're trying to attract you don't need to start defining to the universe what to attract it's going to attract what you are putting out there emotionally healthy people attract emotionally healthy people and I, I've, I've always been amazed at one of the classic matchups, and sort of sort of a psychological. I've always been amazed at the number of narcissistic people that end up with borderline personality disordered people. It's mm.
2: like
1: it, it's like those those energies just sort of attract
2: yeah. because
1: both fulfill a need. Right. And and in the same thing with the emotionally healthy side. When you're emotionally healthy, you're fulfilling that. Emptiness that would have been there with an emotionally healthy person, but it is almost like you can't be empty and be emotionally healthy at the same time. Happiness starts internally. And then once you're happy internally, you would be able to happiness is the beginning of the emotional healthy point. Uh, and, and that, that sounds like it's double speak, but it really begins with us. At, at the end of the day, it begins with us. We're in charge of our own happiness. No one dictates it to us. You, you know, I, I often do a form of this on a Facebook post, but you know, here's a complete step by step, method of being happy. Step one, be happy. Yeah. All right. And then that, that concludes our steps for the day. <laughs> That's right. just, do it. It's almost the same thing with the emotionally healthy pieces. What are you, what are you looking to fulfill? Anything that is required, if you believe another human being can make you whole or a new car can make you better or this can make the, anything better, then you're not emotionally healthy. You're looking to fill that void from the outside. When you fill voids from the inside, and, and I, I love a nice car. I love a nice house. I love having a lot of money. But they don't make me who I am. I was there first right. before I had the, the Porsche. If that makes any sense,
0: it does. And, and by the way, you you use two terms that somebody not in psychotherapeutic circles may not totally understand what they mean. So just take a moment to define what a borderline personality is and what narcissism is.
1: Okay, um, in, in in layman's terms, let let's start with uh, a narcissistic personality. A Narcissistic personality disorder is when someone has that everything is simply about them. Uh, you, we may know politicians that no matter what, everything is focused on them. A lot of po- politicians and actors are narcissistic. They're, they're selfish in their endeavors. Uh, they, 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 no matter what happens, it's about them. Uh, an example would be, uh, well, uh, North Korea blew up Hawaii. But I negotiated really well before that. It, the focus wouldn't be on what's <laughs> happening. It would be focused on how that person was affected by nor- – and I'm not talking about anybody in particular. Of course. Right, right, right. Um, of
0: course not. But,
1: uh, but th- that idea for us of where we go forward, what what happens for us, is understanding narcissistic personality is about me. Now, a borderline personality is – in a, in a similar, similar to narcissistic, but every, narcissist, uh, borderline starts with the fear of abandonment. Everybody you encounter, a borderline encounters, they are fearful they're going to be alone. And they, they, they will spend their life with, I, I, I'm worried about you abandoning me. No matter who they are, it could be your hairdresser, it could be whoever. And in a borderline personalities world, either you're the greatest person on the planet, or you're the most evil person on the planet, in a, in a borderline personality disorder's life, you're either or. There's there's always you you don't operate in the middle with people. And once again, um, we're not it, talking it about is, a particular person. <laughs> beg your pardon.
0: And once again, we're not talking about a particular person.
1: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I'm just talking in general. I, I right. actually have um, at, at one of my previous in, uh, employers, I I worked with a, a a person who was borderline personality disorder. And one of the things that this person gave me uh, was a, the a, a, my birthday card. At my birthday, which is in February, gave me a card that said, it's such a great li- uh, situation to be in to work with a real-life superhero. That's the, the term this person used. Wow. Two months later, this person created a false narrative in an attempt to get me fired or thrown out from the company. Ah, uh, yes. And that is, that's how borderline personalities operate. So, so you can see where the narcissistic personality disorder could really be just attractive to that, that, oh wow, that both sides feed off of each other, but it always ends up in disaster. Yes. And, and you, you see that. So, so emotionally unhealthy people tend to attract emotionally unhealthy people and emotionally healthy people attract emotionally healthy situations and that that that's a hard place to understand but when you start working internally and realize there is no outside fix for emotional happiness or healthy emotional internal thought you're in charge of that and that starts with in the law of attraction fits that the law of attraction is is about personal responsibility it's about I want to understand that I am in charge of my happiness. I I dictate my reality. And once I come from that place, I'm all-powerful on my perspective. And living with my perspective gives me that opportunity to say, I get to dictate my Then I'm in charge of who comes into my life because that's what I'm putting out there.
0: So when someone posts that they're looking for somebody who's emotionally stable and that we should be looking for someone who's emotionally stable, among other things, they're declaring that their own emotionality is stable, but the question is: stable in what part of the range? Is it positive? Is well, that, it negative? That, Where
1: is it? Exactly, exactly. And, and well, and, and again, that that term "emotionally stable" is is an internal belief. I know people that are very happy, and what their are they're they're emotionally stable within their perspective of what that means to them. They're very happy with that mindset. I know people that would appear to be very dysfunctional from a distance, but to them it's very normal. They're, the, they're, they're very happy within that. So their version of emotionally stable would not necessarily meet my definition of emotionally stable. Ah, yes. I, I know people that live in total chaos that have become, they're, 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 that they're very comfortable within their chaos. And so they view that, and, and that's what they tend to attract. Uh, but you are in charge of what you view that. So when you set up, I, I had this conversation yesterday with a, a person who's trying to attract a relationship, and the stipulations that this person is trying to put in, you know, it's not working. I said, "Well, it's not working because of the the, the fifty qualifiers you have or disqualifiers you have uh, lined up. You're, you're 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 making it impossible to attract. Start with attracting like energy." Putting out what you want to attract—that's what the, the law of attraction puts on healthy thought. Healthy thought is about. I want. Here, here's here's a great example of healthy thought. I want you, Walt, not just because you're somebody I care about. If I even if I don't know, I want you to be wildly successful. I really do. Mm. I mean that. Thank you. I want. I don't need to defeat. You, I want you to be successful, even if it means you moving above where I'm at or being above where I'm at. I, I want you to be successful. An emo, an emotionally healthy relationship isn't needing to be dependent on the other person. Is meeting is it, the intent is to both of you lift each other up.
0: Yes, yes, that's exactly important that. stuff. Oh, very important and critically important because you can't lift the other person up unless you can lift yourself up.
1: Right. And, and, There's and no that, way to do it. You know, I can't make anybody not be depressed. I can talk with them, and, and one of the most effective ways that I have dealt with people who are dealing with depression or or anxiety or any of those those type things is, is I can get there and let them feel my vibration, and then I they can get excited and I can temporarily lift them up during our session, but with, fifteen minutes after my session, they're feeling like they were. They were like, nothing's changed. Well, all that changed during their session was their feeling at that time. Right. They're in charge of keeping that feeling up. You know, the, the idea when I wake up every morning, true story, and and, and I've talked to you about this for years, without exception, regardless of how bad my mornings start, and I've had some bad starts to mornings, as you know. Sure, we all um, have. I write five things I'm grateful for for the last 23 years. Every morning, it's written, I start off with gratitude. I I focus on the abundance in my life, I focus on what I have. That's how I start the day. I'm excited about going to work. I I, I get to go to work. Those are terms I use. There's never a morning where I wake up and say I have to go to work because the moment I have to go to work, then I realize I need to stop. Here's an example of keeping yourself emotionally uh, healthy. As you know, uh, I I a few months ago I took a I, I did an experiment. I went to work for this company, a fine company that do quality work and addiction work and I they asked me to be CEO of their company, right. i or COO, I'm sorry. Um and I I I'm like, yeah, that sounds really good. I love what you're doing and I'll be able to work with more people and be able to do that. Well, what I found out, Walt, as I told you, was it, it was more of a managerial role and I wasn't able to work directly with the clients, which I love. So what happened to me at that point was I had to say one morning, all it took was one morning is God, I got to go to work today.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And the moment I said that, I went in and said, guys, this is, I, I apologize. You need someone else for this job. I still have a great relationship. I refer to them. They refer to me. Uh, we, we have a wonderful, wonderful situation. However, I had to learn, and very important, I had to learn that the moment I felt I had to go there is when I needed to leave there.
0: Yeah, that's a good indicator. I hope that makes sense. It does make sense, and it, it's an indicator that we often will tend to ignore, won't we? So many people stay in jobs they don't really love that you know, they feel like they have to stay there, so they just keep staying there. They never actually shift their thought process around, and then they wonder why they're stuck in a dead-end job not realizing yes. that you yes. have to change your thought process if you want to get out of a dead end job and get into something that you enjoy doing
1: yes and and that and that that's that way in life if a relationship doesn't have communication if a relationship is is very unbalanced in either direction if 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 a relationship isn't where you're getting an equal amount what you're putting into it then that that's emotionally unhealthy. That doesn't mean that when somebody's having a difficult time in a relationship, you should leave. But I'm talking about over the long haul, if it's always in balance, that's not a healthy relationship. Or if if you're, uh, you know, the codependent mindset, where codependency, by the way, is, is a real simple concept of you need, you aren't capable of your own emotions. Someone else's emotions uh, are more important to you and your emotion is based on them. Yeah, I see that a lot. When, um, especially like you get uh, young people dealing with addiction and their mothers who are under the mistaken impression they could do recovery for their kids, and they are emotionally attached to their child's success hmm. or or failure, right. and and their their mood is built. You know, when, when I wake up, if I were to wake up and say. I need today to be built, and, I, and my son, Justin, who's an amazing young man that I've recently adopted, uh, he, he does great things, but my mood is not based on his mood. Uh, that would not be healthy. Uh, he, my mood is not based on his successes. Uh, I'm, I'm very proud of what he's doing, and when he has successes that, that I I do, I'm, I'm happy for him, and when he has failures, I'm not the failure either. That's what happens when you get stuck in somebody else's world, you you. Yes, when they're doing great, you feel great, but you feel really horrible. With it. My mood is not dependent on another person. Codependency is is what that is. So you you see that a lot in emotionally unhealthy people. They're they're relying on someone else's situation to make them feel.
0: That's right. To feel anything, good, bad, or indifferent.
1: Yes. Yeah. Right. Well, I I often will, I, when I ask somebody to explain a situation, uh, I said, "Can you tell me what's going on?" And I often will put this qualifier in there when I, I, I sense we're dealing with a codependent situation. I will say, without using another person as an example or including <laughs> them in your explanation, tell me what's going on with you.
0: Oh, Joel, that's not fair.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness! The moment you put that in front of them, that you're you're like, well, uh, uh, they they just are frozen.
0: <laughs> How do you respond when you're not used to responding that way?
1: Right, and, and, you know, because, because 90% of the dialogue of a lot of these people is based on, if my son would do this, I would be happy. If my husband would do this, I would be happy. If, if your happiness is followed by somebody else's performance or, or lack of performance or whatever, if they would quit doing this, I'd be happy. If they do this, I'd be happy. Then you're doing happiness wrong. That's the emotional health healthy. We need to develop a, emotional healthy scale. It's not that hard to do. But ask the question: What is your version of happiness? And is is it reliant on another person? And if it's if it is, you're not emotionally healthy because you, you haven't developed your own emotional health. And that doesn't mean in uh, you know you always have to explain things to people. It doesn't mean we don't, when our kids go through stuff, we don't feel that. Obviously that's the case. We, no one wants to see our kids suffer or go through stuff, but your happiness can't be dependent upon that, or you're destined to spend the rest of your life with the ups and downs, swings of that other, and it's not healthy for them either, because they have to learn to regulate their own emotion. I, I, um, I tell Justin and Austin, he is in charge of his happiness. I am in charge of my happiness. Everybody is. Uh, it, it's, it's uh, not always politically correct in this environment we are today, but I think our society has unintentionally, and, and all with good meaning by the way, Walt, but we, we've taken in, in use, we've turned trauma into this, uh, way of, of excusing everything. Trauma is an explanation. It's not an excuse. We've turned it into an excuse not to perform. Trauma happens, our response to it is the answer, and most people are having a hard time with that. And a lot of times when the law of attraction negativity is discussed with people who don't like the law of attraction, they turn to, you're blaming the victim. I hear that a lot. Mm. Oh, and yeah. I go, blame is irrelevant, but, but in our society it's not. Blame is, is a very important thing
0: yeah that's true by the way i want to take a moment too, to to uh, remind listeners if you're enjoying the podcast if you like the topic and you're you're finding that you truly are once again getting your daily dose of happy from this uh particular program just take a moment And share it with friends. Let people know that who who you think would be uh, appropriate people to remind about this or to tell about this. People who are perhaps into the law of attraction or self-improvement. Just share with them that you're listening to the program and that they ought to check it out because that's how we're building up our listenership. That's how we have been building our listenership. That and the fact that when people subscribe to the podcast – their listenership of the podcast by themselves increases dramatically. Just last month, the average listener listened to 22 podcasts. So we know people are getting a lot out of this. So just take a moment and share that because your friends are going to really appreciate that. Um, now, in the context of what you were talking about there, Joel, um, it's I just made a connection and I wanted to tell you about it. Um, yesterday, I was talking with my wife about uh, how we tend to get you know, there's there so many people who tend to get into a place where they constantly set themselves up for failure, and it's usually like you were talking about earlier. It's usually related to the fact that they're looking outside themselves for satisfaction or happiness or whatever it might be, and the failure rate is 100 percent, and yet we don't notice it. We don't notice it. We can produce the same failure over and over and over and over again and not notice the pattern, which is, which is just still mind boggling to me. But what the connection was that I made, you talked about codependence and you talked about how codependence is all about being wrapped up in the emotions of somebody else so that really your happiness or potential for happiness is completely dependent upon what somebody else is thinking or feeling or expressing. And it occurred to me, wow. That describes politics. All of politics is trying to get somebody else or a bunch of somebody else's to team up with you on your side to feel the way you want them to feel so that you'll feel better. I mean, right. am, I, am I wrong there?
1: No, well, it, it, it's, it's one of the, it's one of the, uh, politics and, and we talk, we all, almost every week it seems you and I mentioned the news. Uh, <laughs> we but, stay away
0: from it, we still talk about it. Can you figure that one out?
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 that, that's the law of try. There's yeah, right. something I stay away from. I talk about it a lot, don't I? Uh, <laughs> but I, I truly don't watch it. That's the key. But, but I, I need to explain why I don't. And I think a lot of times it, you know, when politicians give, uh, uh, their spin on things it is no matter how illogical the spin may seem, it is in hopes of getting other people to feel that way when when we were building a case to bomb a country uh years ago we we needed to tell everybody about all the evil this country was doing, and then we had a bunch of information to explain why we're about to go bomb these people and why we're about to do all this and and then everybody starts getting on board with it it's like Yes, we need to go blow them up, and, I, and I'm not trying to. I'm just trying to make a point. And then, right. and then we go blow them up, do some good blowing up, really good stuff, great <laughs> you know, theatrics on TV. Oh we'll yeah, wonderful. Yeah. And then, and then about three years later, and about two trillion dollars later, things are not a lot better, and the blowing up sort of lost its exciting nature. And you start realizing, wow, you know, if, if people are coming back with no legs, people are, you know, wow, this is not, not near as exciting. And now why are we blowing them up again? Mm. Because they may have, had, you know, and so you, you see that. And then you have another group of people explaining why blowing them up was a horrible idea, even though they voted for blowing them up. They really didn't mean to vote for blowing them up because they should have voted against <laughs> blowing them up because it was wrong.
0: Yeah. Right? That, that's and that's true. politics. And, yeah. again, I'm
1: not, I want to keep it, you know, where we're at. But you can see what we do internally, of whether it's politics or we – went and, and that's what that blame situation we talk about. I want to spend a lot of energy explaining why you're wrong and where you messed up. And then once I get my case out there and you sort of side with me, then I'm right. I feel better. The reality is, we are where we are. I, I've mentioned this lady that I've uh, worked with before, and again, I, I give no specifics, and uh, I, I, I not never, I would never want to risk anyone's confidentiality. But I've worked with a lady who uh, had seen a psychiatrist for many years, and her main question for many years was, "Did my father molest me or not?" Mm. And they spent a lot of years doing that, and that by no means, everybody knows what a horrible and Those that know me, my working with children and uh, advocates against child abuse and helping kids and uh, people that have been through that stuff. But at some point, I told her, I said, well, you spent the last several years trying to figure that out. Let's pick a side and move on. And at first, it was sort of insulting to her. But then she got it. Am I, going to, am I going to get stuck in the blame portion of this? Emotionally healthy people don't worry about the blame. Here's what's happened. Let's move forward. We 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 live in a world where we're going to have all kind of committees investigating certain things or who's at blame. And and the moment you do something, one of the things that happened years ago, and and those that you that that have read my book, The Bench, know. I had a really rough addiction. Sort of a, a it was a blessing, and the, but at the time it was far from a blessing. Right. Uh, I went through a really rough addiction time, um, and part of my my world was, uh, I, I, you know, I really feel that everything I went through meant something. But when I faced a judge, and I had done stuff in my addiction that I had to be held accountable for. I said, I am guilty of what I'm accused of, period. I don't need to explain why I'm wrong. I, I could have gone on for hours about having addiction and how I got, it. this is, this is what I did. I needed to move on. In fact, the, the, the public center that was, uh, represented me at the time, like, no, no, don't say that. And I go, yeah, yeah, I'm guilty. Don't forget it. I don't care. I do care because it's time to stand up. I don't need to worry about blame anymore. I'm wrong. Let me own what I've owned, and whatever's going to happen, I need to move on. So personal responsibility is emotional happiness. When you understand, at least, and again, I'll give you my definitions of these things, when you start with emotional, uh, uh, being emotionally healthy, you start with being personally responsible for you, your feelings, your life, and your situation. Where you sit today, Walt, where I sit today, is a product of my decisions over my lifetime.
0: That's right. Yeah, Oh, absolutely true. People do not
1: like to hear that.
0: No, they don't. But but the fact is (laughs) exactly what you said. We are personally responsible. And it's actually been a topic of a number of the shows that we've done over the last week or so. The idea that no matter what emotion you're experiencing, whether it be positive, negative, somewhere in the middle, doesn't matter what it is. Every one of them, we tend to associate with something that happened outside of ourselves. And yet, in every case, 100% of the time, it actually has to do with our own response to what happened outside. So really, it's 100% within our control. It's not dependent on what's going on outside of ourselves. And and this is a confusing concept. Let's be perfectly honest. In our, in our society, we grew up believing that we cannot possibly control our own emotions because they are under the control of the external events that control us
1: right and and one of one of the things that that it is the most freeing understanding that I uh, for the law of attraction it it but at the same time it's scary because it it removes excuses
2: yes one
1: of the things that uh, and, and, and in I I do not ever want to talk to anybody or tell anybody how to live their life i what we're doing is talking about happiness and how to how to find that happiness to me happiness is understanding that I am responsible for where I am today. There's been a lot of things that have happened out of my control. There's been some horrible things in my life that has happened out of my control. But what has I done? I'm responsible for my interpretation and my response to that. And that's where most people. It, well, but Joel, you don't understand what's happened. And, and, and again, I I I've been through stuff in my life that I have a you know. By no means am I happy about, but at the same time, I have no option, but I have to interpret it. An example, I I don't even like to use this example much, but I think it's important at this point to say, when my son TJ lost his life in a car accident, that was a horrible event. Just There's no words to describe that. I I will never make that a good thing. I, I insist on that. However, my response to that is still in my control. I can choose to focus on the void created by his death or the joy he brought to my life. Both things happen. Which one does, which one gets my focus? And I'm in charge of that. I'm in charge of my grieving process. No one else is. I, I don't need to be dictated to how to grieve. I had many people explain to me I wasn't grieving properly. Oh dear, um, really? It, oh my it, goodness. It, yeah. Yeah. I really did. I had a lot of that. Uh, but at the same time, no, no and nobody loved their kid more than I love TJ. It doesn't mean I didn't love him. It means I have to accept where we're at. I am personally responsible for me and my emotions. Uh, and, and it, while that may sound harsh, at the same time, it's freeing because I'm not reliant on some outside source for my happiness or my, in my case, my abundance or anything else. Everything comes from where I start to feel. When I feel the abundance that I have in my life and I, I started to live in a, an abundant mindset, uh, you know, it. it uh, so I, I think, uh, you know, I think it's really important. Uh, we have that p- mindset of personal responsibility. That's where emotional healthiness starts for me. Emotional mindset starts with personal responsibility and stop the blame game for, you know, I, I, one of the young men I work with, uh, he had, uh, uh several years ago, he had lost his lower left leg due to some cancer. Oof. And what a horrible thing to have to go through a, a, oh, yeah. a, at a time, 16-year-old boy, very athletic, losing his lower leg to that. And he went through the normal stuff. And then when I started working with him, we started talking about perspective and and – by the time he changed his perspective and he did the work, I helped I helped lead him to the information, his mom would kept saying, Well, honey, you can't do this and he said, Mom, please tell please stop telling me what my limitations are. I have decided I don't have any. I get these really cool blade runner kind of feet now or foot now. I'm actually gonna be you know, he started getting he competes in in uh, uh, Special Olympics or Paralymp, whatever that term is now. Uh, he, he he and he's very athletic he's now a personal trainer and a motivational speaker at twenty four
2: wow um,
1: and it has a great impact he 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 refuses to hear about his disability he's not you're not allowed to use that word in discussion with he calls it my my transformation hmm. when i my when i transformed to this person is when I lost my lower leg it, it and he will say Would I rather go back and have a perfectly healthy leg? He said, maybe, but the life I have today was because I didn't. So I can either focus on the blame of how we got there or here I am today.
0: It reminds me of something. responsibility. Absolutely, yeah, and a fantastic story, too. But it it also reminds me, you mentioned grief, and I kind of stumbled on something about grief with my wife because my wife's stepmother, um, whom she had gotten very close to over the years, uh, died, uh, I guess it was about a year and a half ago. And after her death, my wife was having trouble at some times, at some points, not all the time. She it wasn't like she was deep in grief, but she was having trouble with it. And it was one day in particular, it was just kind of overwhelming her. And so I was sitting with her and so forth. And then kind of out of the blue, I didn't really know where it came from. It just, it's like, you know, all the tumblers fall in place and all of a sudden an answer comes to you. It was that kind of a situation. And, and so I just, on the spur of the moment, right there, just, stopped what I was doing. I mean, I was basically just sitting there listening to her, but I just kind of stopped that, got up, walked over to where she was, knelt down on the floor in front of where she was. And I can't remember if I took her by the hand or, you know, something like that, basically. So I could just be close to her and right in her face, sort of, so to speak and said to her, you know, I don't think I ever asked you, but what was it that you loved the most about Ruth? Ruth was her stepmother and you could just see her stop and you could see her face like going through a whole thought process and start to brighten up. And then she started telling me about all the things that she loved about Ruth. And after doing that for about five minutes, she said, You ought to be a psychoanalyst. And I said, I don't know the first thing. She said, Well, you, look at all the stuff you learned from me. Said, well, that's true. Yeah, but I'm not a, you know, well, I guess so. I had no idea I'd hit upon something, but I did. I hit upon the idea of focus. She, when, yeah. when, when, you're in, when you're in grief, you're focusing on the loss. You're focusing on. Yes. They're no longer there, and all I did was, without realizing that I was doing the right thing, I pointed her to. Well, what did you love about the person? What feels good about the person? Because that never goes away. And the moment right. that she start focusing it, it, on that, the grief just kind of dissipated, like within minutes. Joel, I was surprised how fast that grief dissipated.
1: Yeah, it, and it it, it it that is the internal responsibility that that we have to self reliance. Uh, it, the more we can focus, I have the ability to view everything through the lens that I choose to view it through. I, I can, when people say, oh, so you're saying, you, I've actually had somebody who was sort of frustrated about this question say, oh, so you, you don't even care about your son dying? I mean, I'm like, oh, dear. okay, well, 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 clearly you didn't hear a word I said. Yeah. There was, there's no greater loss that I've ever experienced in my life it it I, there is no I don't I don't even attempt to describe the emotionality attached to it I don't I, it's not even a a word or anything that hurts there is no pain I've ever had before that however I have the choice to live in that ungodly depth of pain for the rest of my life or I can look at just what an incredible person my son is and, and the joy he brought to my life, and I, not telling anybody else how to believe. I really believe our energy will be reunited at some point, whatever that means to you. Sure. Uh, and, and and I I believe that sincerely. So while I wish he were here to share in in all of this and the discoveries I'm living now and the abundance I have now, I have no doubt he's living it with me, but just on a, a level of his ex- existence that I can't understand yet. And he already knows. So that's, that's where you get to, we are within that. So emotional health is exactly what you're talking about here. Emotional health is, uh, uh, you taking what's happened. When you lose a job, people get depressed, but then people take action.
0: Mm. Yes. And without taking that action, so you don't I'm, get anywhere. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it, 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 that that's the point so it, it, you know without that action you don't have uh you know you're not in control when you don't take the action but and that's what a lot of people don't understand you know the the I've had people answer me i've I've gotten uh uh through my facebook post or people that that have added things I'm trying to think of examples but you know they they've, they've responded to a facebook post that I've had well you don't know my situation. So you can't say that. So first of all, I wasn't talking about your situation because you're right. I don't know it, but I assure you what I'm talking about could apply if you choose to apply it or it doesn't apply because you decided it doesn't, mm. but you are in charge of your emotions. You know, well, I've lost my job that I loved with all my heart. Yes, you did. So we can focus on losing your job and all the financial devastation that's around the corner and how horrible that will feel or you can look at the new opportunity in an incredible economy where where the lowest unemployment rate of all times out there there's tons of opportunity Amazon the other day is talking. I was talking to this guy that I didn't even know they did this, which I love Amazon I love the way they do business they they deliver things in ways I don't even understand sometimes how they get it here <laughs> so fast this guy work he he is an independent contractor from amazon and he goes there and basically picks up packages and delivers them. He brought a package to me, something within 37 minutes of me hitting send Whoa. on a order, and I'm like, "How did that happen?" He said, "Well, I was there." They said, "Oh, we got this. It wasn't it wasn't immediate shipment, but they they had the order ready, and their software told him that he's going to be driving by my house. He delivered a package. First of all, that makes me love Amazon more. Right? He's making really good money." It, he's his own boss. He he, he loves what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It, the entrepreneurial opportunities out there are amazing. But when people are stuck on the loss of their job or the loss of their industry, they're like, oh, gosh, you know, I've lost all this versus, wow, what opportunities are out there. Those are the beautiful things that the law of attraction brings. Personal responsibility allows for great growth and wealth when you understand it. Or you could focus on the the deficit of everything, the loss of everything, and you'll get more of that emotion that's attached to that. So internal happiness or a true uh, emotional happiness or wellness takes place totally inside. Are you? I love our topic. Are you? Ask that question. Are you emotionally happy? When and the answer is super simple and super complicated at the same time. You are if you believe you are. Or if you believe that you have a deficit or you have that, that one of the things that that religion had, I had a hardest time, um, dealing with for the longest time was, uh, you know, the, the reprogramming of my brain from the religious belief of, of, well, I certainly believe there's a God, I, of some type, what I was taught as a child didn't seem, doesn't seem to make a lot of sense now. So when I started breaking all that down, one of the teachers I'm doing, I'm working on a. a and I'm not busy enough, Walt. I'm actually working on a doctorate in metaphysics <laughs> right now, so I just wouldn't throw that out there. Uh, that's my part-time, part-time. And Joel, Joel yeah. has
0: one of the busiest schedules of anyone you've ever heard of. So I mean, that really is very funny that he's saying that. But
1: <laughs> yeah, I just randomly threw that in. You know, like, you know, you you have that extra forty-five minutes every night you get, and that's not filled. And and I love it. And I'm just like a sponge absorbing that. But as my professor and I were talking the other day, and I've got a great professor that I'm working with, you know, the the concepts of all of this is so incredibly easy, but yet it goes against everything that we've ever believed. So I was talking to. He said, "Well, Joel, it sounds like you have the perfect life." My immediate reaction was to argue with him. Really. And I don't know why. I said, well, no, it's perfect. And he goes, oh my goodness, of course it's perfect. He said, and then he said something that just, it, it, you can't say. He says, you're perfect. <laughs>
2: said, oh, oh, no, my. no, 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 no. I, <laughs> I wanted to
1: argue with him <laughs> and, and tell him, he said, you're perfect with, the, he said, you're perfect at being you. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I, I know you're right. But I don't know why I want to argue with you about that statement yeah, <laughs> so much, yeah. because it goes to a concept that that you know. Well, no, no, no. Here, here, here's all these these problems that I have, or here's all this other stuff that I have. But the the truth is, this has been a magically perfect trip. This journey I'm on, I love it. It's incredible. And just like I've said, it it. It has its ups and downs, but it's when you see it unfold, it's unfolded perfectly. I'm perfect at being Joel. I don't want anyone else to have to live in this brain because it took me a long time to unravel it. Figure <laughs> yeah, it <off>. right. <laughs> but now that I have it, it is amazing. And so we have a hard time accepting that. But it's absolutely true. We are perfect at being us. And that. And that a lot of times religion starts saying no 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 you're not perfect you're you're you, you, we're all sinners we're all this we're all that and you know and I, I don't want to debate with anybody about their religion everybody's got to get to where they got to get to but we are us and and we we can be totally in charge of our own emotions or we can be dependent on our emotions but the emotionally healthy person realizes they're in charge of it all. And then when we were talking in the beginning about one of the posts that sort of spurred this topic today about I want to attract, I want to put out and say, okay, I'm going to put a script to the universe, what I'm trying to attract. You can only attract what you are if you're not emotionally healthy. All the king's horses and all the king's men cannot bring you an emotionally healthy person because you're not vibrating on an emotionally healthy level.
0: Exactly right. By the way, this also reminds me of a series of posts that you did on your Facebook account. And of course, we're connected as friends there, so I see those. And I can't remember exactly how long you did it. I, I want to say it was maybe a week. But you did this whole series, and, and I think it was actually associated with working out because you're big on working out at the gym. Um, but it was a whole series of posts that all, all surrounded the concept, you have no excuses. And like every single day, your excuses are not valid. You you put up something like that. And then I remember one day you put one up and this is the one I really loved. You said, this ruling just in from the Supreme Court, your excuses still aren't valid. I just
1: love that one. I thought that was great. (laughs) (laughs) Well. Well, first of all, I want to appreciate you. Uh, I really appreciate you making it sound like I'm capable of putting a series of anything <laughs> together. Uh, that that really makes me seem organized because the fact they happen to get lined up, that's awesome. but It was never planned. Uh, so, you know, you know how my brain works. There was that's not even a, a thing. So, I really like the fact you saw it from some organized standpoint in my life. But beyond that, beyond that, seriously, all kidding aside. The the idea that that excuses or blame or all this other stuff it is what permeates our world. It is politics. It's you know the the, the concept of well, we have this situation or this person's at fault here. Happiness and blame don't go together. Happiness and acceptance go together. Does that, does that mean that you should be able to go commit crimes and get away? Of course not. Personal responsibility is dealing with it. It's when you go, it, it, it's, you deal with it, you admit it, you move on. There's never been a human being that hasn't faltered or made a mistake in life. You can focus on the mistakes and become the mistakes, or you can use the mistakes to move forward. But at the end of the day, there's no excuses. And it's like the young man that lost his lower left leg. Well, he lost his lower left leg. I, I can wallow in the misery of that or say, I got this cool blade runner leg now. Let's go. And uh oh, one of the things he could do with his leg, by the way, totally random ADD moment, is you <laughs> want to see the board he could chop in half of that leg. Really? Wow. Oh, my goodness. It's like an act. I'm like, we get to get like a pick or something on it. You just, you know. <laughs> it was... Incredible martial artist on top of all that. He learned all that with half a I was at, uh, one of my Facebook posts that you may have seen. It was a video of, uh, Justin taking his, uh, Taekwondo training the other day. Yeah, I saw that.
0: Right, right. Well,
1: one of the videos I pan over to this other young man and it wasn't, he's not my son. I've never seen him before this day, but he was getting his yellow belt, his first belt. And this little guy was about six or seven years old, had a huge smile on his face and had only one arm. Mm. But he did not realize he only had one arm or didn't care they had one arm because he just earned his yell about. He broke a board. He did. I mean, it's amazing to see. And and I give, I, I don't know his parents. I don't even know who they are. I don't know anything about him other than I admire his parents. They put him in, instead of worrying about what he can't do, they put him in a position to succeed. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that happened year, I mean, this is 25 years, 20 years ago, maybe, it was before my recovery, I was running a group home in Florida. And one of the things we did, we provided, you know, we, we were given referrals from social workers of, of kids that uh, were living in their environment that had disabilities. And I will never forget one of the great lessons I learned from this lady. Uh, we, we got a referral from this young man who's African American, uh, in an African American family. She was a single mom. She had four kids. And th- this young man was born with no legs. He was, didn't lose him. He was born with no legs. And we were given a referral to go offer him the opportunity to live in our program, which, which did training. And, and, you know, we, I was thinking we were offering her something great. So we knocked on her door. And, you know, the normal chaotic household. And one of the things that I immediately noticed, it turned me off at first. The young man with no legs, he had found one of sort of like a broom, you know, those big uh, dust mop things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He was sitting on a dust mop, mopping the floor by scooting along. Mm. And, and I was like, Oh my goodness, why is she doing that to him? And again, my perspective was from poor thing, poor, that poor child. Right. So I, I explained to her what we did. She said, I don't understand why are you here, though. I said, well, your son, he has some disabilities, and um, we he could probably be served in an environment that he could adapt to. You know, I was trying to explain everything, and I, but I kept being distracted by all the stuff he was doing. And she said, boys, you got to take your brother down. You guys go down to the court, shoot some basketball. i, I got to finish up here at the house. The other brother didn't say anything about it. He grabbed his brother with no legs, threw it by an arm threw him on his back, grabbed the basketball, and they walked down to the court. You can see the court from her house. The kid with no legs is sitting there shooting baskets, and you know I'm, I'm like, we're wrong. She's not wrong. She, <laughs> I, I don't. We can't do anything. She's not already doing. And finally, she said, "I don't understand." About the fourth time, I still don't know why you're here. She said, "What do you think is wrong with my son?"
2: Hmm.
1: I said, well, I was given some wrong information. I apologize. We got to go. And my, the guy I was with going, why are we leaving? I go, because she doesn't accept and doesn't believe that there's anything wrong with her kid. And there's not because he doesn't believe it either. It, it, just because he has no legs, be, I'm assigning a whole bunch of my emotions attached to not having legs versus what they've done. She right. was an incredible mom who accepted no excuses, no legs, sorry son, still clean the floor, everybody does work here. She was making an emotionally resilient, healthy child. And at first to me it looked sort of abusive till I understood Nobody, nobody gets a break here. Don't whine about no legs. We all got problems. Let's clean the house. Mm-hmm. I love that attitude. attitude. Yeah. and a lot of people don't understand that Re, emotional health. uh have, You develop emotional resilience. You don't accept excuses in life. You, whatever, whoever our audience is listening to, you know whatever they're going through right now. Well, I don't remotely pretend to claim. I understand what everybody goes through. None of us can. We're all dealing with something. But right now, we have people listening, and they are dealing with. And when they, hopefully, what they gather from this uplifting conversation is we are in charge of our health and happiness internally. No one else. And once you flip that switch, what there's no limitations. If you are a convicted felon, if you're no matter what you have faced, where you have health issues. They're, they're, you're you're here for a reason. Let's live it. Let's fulfill that whatever your your destiny is, or however you want to choose to look at life. But getting sitting around and wallowing in whatever your perceive your perceived lack is is not why you're here. Yes, very it, important to realize, and it's very exciting to 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 have the removal in my mind of these limitations of expectations. Yes, and that's the. That's what this emotional health is about. Stop with expectations of others. Put your own expectations in. You know, if I want to compare my, my life, okay, here, here's my comparison. I really want to be Michael Jordan. I really do. <laughs> I want to see him jump. I, I want to jump like Michael Jordan. I want to, or I guess let's make it more modern. Let me be LeBron James. I don't. If I'm going to compare my baske, my basketball skills, I'm going to live in great lack.
2: Mm.
1: what LeBron James would do to me on a basketball court wall? It's not even. Print, it's not sort of. It's not even funny. <laughs> it's not even. Is I don't have. We don't vibrate on the same level of right. basketball at all. Yep. So comparing my world to LeBron James in basketball, no. But comparing LeBron James of his understanding and, and the stuff that I've been through and dealing with what I've been through and the way I live my life, LeBron James holds nothing to me. Mm. This isn't about a comparison, but I'm just trying to say you got to find your avenue and where your focus is. You, I can spend all the energy in the world looking on why I lack when I compare to other people. Healthy internal emotions – Don't compare to other people. Healthy internal emotions are yours and yours alone to control. It's not a comparison to other folks. It's you, and that's where happiness comes in. I don't live on a lack anymore, in a lack, because I'm not – I used to look at what everyone else has. I I hear, you know, Justin made the comment the other day, I think I've mentioned before. He said, I want to live in a mansion. Okay, well, okay, that's cool. <laughs> um, you'll get you a mansion. No, I want one nap for you. Will you go by? I said, buddy, we have a 2,500 square foot home for two people. There's no need for more than that. I, I, if I wanted, we would have whatever we want. There's no limitations of what we can have. But we we have, you know, don't don't start viewing a lack versus we have an incredible home, an incredible community. We have all the stuff we want. I, I want you to look at what we live in. Don't start living and wanting what other people have. He said, "Well, my you know my friend uh Jacob, they have this really big house." I said, "Jacob has six brothers and sisters.
2: <laughs> they need a
1: really big house." It's just me and you. There, there's zero reasons to, to covet. I'm happy that Jacob's parents are in a position to provide that beautiful home for them and their their, their large family. I'm, I don't want to deal with it. It's just more mess to clean up. Yeah, right. I look at it as it's so. That's the point, Well, Internal stuff, internal emotional regulation, emotional health, is at your disposal. We're told it's other than that. We're told that it's different than that, and the law of attraction explains us in detail that it's not.
0: You've been touching on something too that I really want to bring into focus a little bit more. Um, I mean, we can't spend a lot of time on because there's only about five minutes left. But you've been touching upon the fact that as emotionally healthy people. We are not responsible for what happens in other people's lives. We are only responsible for our reactions to what happens in our lives. And that's certainly an important point. But there's also a corollary that goes along with it. And this is what you were touching on. The corollary is no matter how emotionally healthy we are, and especially if we're emotionally unhealthy, we are in absolutely no position to understand what's going on in another person's life without knowing what's going on from their perspective in the other person's life. Like... I, if, if, for instance, the day you, you've, you've told this story before, the day that you got put into jail and the door was locked was the, one of the best days of your life because now you could finally relax and all that terrible stuff was in your past. In your past, and now you could improve going forward. That probably would have been the last thought that entered my mind if I had seen you being locked in that cell.
1: Exactly, and it, it, I was shocked at the. I, I explained it. Out, I think I talked about it in my book, or I've talked about it in blogs or on, on the show. I was shocked at that response. I wasn't expecting it either. I had feared that event or that day for the longest time because I was in the middle of a very destructive addiction and it was almost inevitable that it was going to happen. But when I feared it and was shocked by, okay, it's done, finally. And I didn't know if I was going to be there a day or five years, but I knew whatever that time period I was going to be there, I finally could be done. It was being locked in there was the most freeing experience of my life not because i was any more i was actually more free because i let go of my the jail of my own creation that was the beginning of all of the the freedom most people listening have created a jail not physical but a mental jail and that jail limits you by these preconceived ideas of of problems or limitations or lack and the emotional help that is necessary to free you from that doesn't exist on the outside and it doesn't come from a pharmaceutical company. It comes internally.
0: And by the way, can you imagine how much I could have screwed things up if I had gone at that situation? If I had seen you there, I'd seen you locked up, felt that that was just a horrible thing and gone at it with you as if this is a really horrible thing, even though I was doing that from a point of view of, I want to help Joel. That that would probably have been the most counterproductive thing I could have done. And, and like in your story yeah. with, with the the kid who had lost both of his legs, probably the most counterproductive thing you could have done would be to criticize the mother for having the kid push a, a mop around a, a, on a floor with, with no legs. You didn't understand That's what, what I mean, was actually yeah, going on. By the way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yet yeah. once you found out what was actually going on in the kid's head and what was going on in the mom's head and how they were perceiving it, all of a sudden it took on an entirely different uh, pitch and an entirely different feeling. So, Probably the most important thing to pick, away, pick up and, and take away from this conversation about being emotionally healthy is don't try to prejudge what's going on in another person's mind. We almost never know, and we usually get it
1: wrong until they tell us. You do not allow yourself, and in my opinion, this is the ultimate emotional health, not trying to fix anything out of your direct control. Emotional help is sticking in your lane of things that are in your control. Yes. My emotions are in my control. My response to other people is in my control. I can't control other people. If The moment I try to control other people or make people see things my way, or go, I live in a moment of unhappiness. If you ask me my opinion, I can give it to you, but I'm not going to sit there and argue with you. I know people that want to debate. We talked about politics oh, earlier. Yeah. If people ask me my opinion and then I tell them then they want to argue with me and I stop them and go, no, no, no. You asked me my opinion. Well, here's what I think. I go, I didn't ask you your opinion. That's right.
0: <laughs> that piece was missing somehow.
1: I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, it, you, you, you literally asked me my opinion. I gave it to you. I know we're running out of time, Walt, but yeah, I want to just we're... remind everyone yep. that we, we want you to subscribe to our podcast. We want you to be involved. We want you to call in this 2018 is the law of attraction. Uh, it, it, the LOA Today that's our year this is our year
0: absolutely it is and, and I'm so glad you're doing the journey with me Joel because it just makes it that much sweeter so thanks for continuing to do it
1: thank you buddy I love it
0: alright we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today goodbye everybody